Hey, good morning, everyone. This is Gary Kay. Uh, great for you to join me today. I'm excited to uh, have a special guest in my video cast today, Michael Blackman, who is the Managing Director of Integrated Systems Events, uh, best known for the ISE show annually. Uh, Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Gary. Thanks for inviting me, and uh, great to be catching up with you again. Well, I, I, you and I have known each other since day one of the show, um, which was... One of the show. Yeah. In fact, uh, the first show was in Geneva, Switzerland, and we've come a long way since then, haven't you? Yeah, so you know, we did the first show in 2004 in Geneva. I think we first met in 2003 at uh, Infocom. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just been a fantastic ride since then and uh, how ISC has grown. Um, and we're always grateful for the support you've given us. Well, we, we, I love going to the show, number one. Hey, who doesn't like taking a vacation in uh, Europe, even though it's not turned into a vacation anymore? We do a lot of work while we're over there, but uh, it's a beautiful... Uh, um, You'd be surprised how many people actually do. You know, I go, I always, after the show, I stay in town to relax. Mm -hmm. I walk around Amsterdam and I see so many people I know from not just uh, uh, the US or uh, North America, but all over the world. Who are sticking around the city and taking uh, time to visit museums uh, just to get some time out before flying back. The other advantage is that, you know, when you stay a Saturday night, the fare decreases substantially. I, I was over last week in Denver at Cedia, and, you know, the show finishes on Saturday, but I spent an extra day until Sunday. I left on Sunday afternoon, and my airfare was something like 40% cheaper. Yeah, it's, I mean, I agree with you both for the cost, but also uh, Amsterdam is a beautiful country. We're going to talk about how the show is moving to Barcelona as well. But uh, this, this upcoming year, 2020, is, the, is in Amsterdam. It's the last year in Amsterdam. Um, let's first, if you don't mind, um, back up a little bit, because a lot of our listeners, a lot of our, our viewers are, uh, are based in North America. We also have a lot of European uh, viewers. And the Europeans, if you're in the AV industry and you're not going to ISE, you're either too busy with a project that you're working on at that moment in time, or, uh, or, or you're being distracted by something else because you already are setting attendance records worldwide for, for any show in our industry. But, yeah, but what, actually, attendance wise, we are the largest event in the AV industry with over uh, 81,000 attendees at the last show. Um, and majority are from the channel, particularly those ones coming out from outside of Europe. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's been very, very successful. Yeah, I mean, 81,000, uh, that means that clearly virtually everyone who uh, is in the AV industry in, uh, in Europe is certainly attending the show. But there's also a lot of uh, North Americans that are uh, personnel that are going over not just to support booths from manufacturers, but as attendees. I've noticed in the last couple of years, especially, you know, big integrators like Diversified and AVI, SPL, AVAI Systems, Whitlock, and even smaller integrators like Spinatar um, and uh, um, some of the regional companies and design consultants from the U.S. and Canada. Uh, Apex, for example, over in Canada, Sharps, uh, some of the, you know, they've been purchased recently, but going over to ISC, um, and that's, it's more than a trend, right? I mean, I think it somewhat has to do with the timing of the show. Absolutely. Um, it's funny. When I started looking at our figures, uh, the amount of North American attendees coming to ISC, and um, at first I always assumed 
it was manufacturers walking the floor and checking out uh, the show uh, to potentially exhibit. And a couple of years ago, I managed to speak to a couple of um, Americans on the show floor, and I said, you know, what are you doing? They said, actually, we're integrating. I said, well, what are you doing here? We have a show in uh, North America, you know, the Infocom show. Um, and they said, yeah, we go to Infocom as well, and it's very important for us. Um, but, you know, we've got two shows, you know, ISE six months away. And being at the beginning of the year, there are a lot of product launches and new things which are being shown. Um, and if we want to keep ahead, we need to go to both ISC and Infocom. Yeah, I'm going to bet you that if you surveyed the North American ISC attendees, I'll bet you that the number of people that go to Infocom is definitely over 90%. I, I would be shocked if the people that aren't going to ISE aren't going to Infocom, I don't think that the, the two are competing in any way. I think they're complementary to each other. Yeah. Uh, would Actually, you... I, I believe those people who come are only aware of ISE because they attend Infocom. Uh, yeah. so, and, you know, as I say, they're coming to, uh, to both the events and, uh, you know, trying to keep them ahead of a market which is constantly changing. You know, our industry is no longer something where product launches only happen once a year or once every couple of years. You know, it's happening constantly and the manufacturers are taking the opportunity wherever they are to actually present what's new and latest uh, in, in their product range or the solutions they're presenting. And as a result, those companies who you know, find it important to stay ahead and you know, see things 3D rather than just uh, seeing yeah. on the web, they come to both shows. I agree with you. I, 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 like I said, I bet if you did a you know, through a question or two in your, in your, uh, in your post show survey, and maybe this is a good year to do it because you're switching venues. I'll bet you that, that you'd find that 90% or greater of the people from North America are going to Infocom no matter what, both in the exhibitor side and the attendee side. Yeah. So let's get back to ISC. Um, I'm a big believer that more people from North America and more people from Asia and more people from Australia should be heading over to ISC. And I'll give you my reasons and I'd love to hear yours. Obviously, one is the fact that uh, you have it in a beautiful place, Amsterdam, and even Bar and Barcelona is going to be even more interesting, more historical in a lot of ways. Um, but uh, but the timing is kind of interesting because you have a very interesting mix of consumer products that are being used in professional applications, but also the timing because you it kind of fits between. We we haven't had a show in our industry in a long time. Uh, leading up to ISC, uh, the closest would be Cedia, who's one of your partners, uh, which is still five or six months before your show. Boys. Don't you think the timing matters? And by the way, while you're talking, I'm going to go turn the lights back on because <laughs> we have a we have this law now in the U.S. that requires us to have automated lights now, and it thinks I'm not in the room, so the lights just turn off. So I want you to answer that question and tell me if you agree with that and you see other reasons. Okay. I mean, certainly, I think because of the involvement of, pro of um, product development in the industry, there are good reasons to actually go to more than one show. Um, I actually attend the shows in Asia as well, and there I see a lot of uh, manufacturers, or not, sorry, distributors uh, and integrators from Europe and North America walking the floor because they're looking to see what's uh, new coming from Asia uh, or looking for products to distribute. Um, I think um, that the people I've met and talked to at ISC who come from North America say their reasons are to keep ahead of the market. Some of them are actually doing global business. Uh, you mentioned a couple like AVISBL. Um, you know, these are companies who are doing global business and are, are not just present 
in North America. You know, they've got uh, projects in the Middle East or in Europe and uh, are involved in projects and want to see what else is available locally. So, you know, these are the various reasons why they're coming and why they should come. Um, I actually think as an organization uh, with uh, both Celia and uh, uh, Vixer, we offer the best platforms for the AV industry to see what's going on. And there are shows uh, happening almost every couple of months. Some of those are focused just very much on the region they're in. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are a little more global in terms of the manufacturers who are present rather than just distributors. And certainly um, the, uh, the Infocom show that rotates between Las Vegas and uh, Orlando and ISE, which currently is in Amsterdam, um, have got a very much, uh, you know, a lot of the major manufacturers, uh, most of the major manufacturers participating. So this helps integrators and distributors to see what's new, keep ahead of the, keep ahead of the uh, market on, uh, you know, what they can offer to their uh, potential customers and existing customers. I agree with you 100%. I want to ask you just from an organizational standpoint, uh, first off, I want to again congratulate you on the work that you personally have done. I mean, you have a great team, but yeah. I want to say that having known you now for fit greater than like somewhere around 15 years or so, I'm duly impressed with what you've been able to pull off and how you've been able to not just uh, grow in an organic way, but also manage the growth in a way that you don't see the pain points. I'm sure there are a lot of pain points with that kind of growth, but, but you don't see them as an attendee or as a participant in the show. So I want to congratulate you, but I want to ask you about Barcelona because how, I mean, that must've been a hugely complicated issue and decision and thing to pull off without anyone knowing that it was going on to not scare the industry because everyone gets nervous when the, there's change in the industry and, and to find a place that could host us. How, yeah. how did you do all that? And where do you feel like you stand with that? Are you ready? So yes, let's start at the beginning. Uh, well, firstly, tell everyone we are ready. Um, we still got a lot, lot of work to do, but we are ready. We just want to be more than ready. <laughs> um, you know, the process leaving Amsterdam was a, was and is a very, very big decision. Um, and it wasn't taken lightly. We wanted to stay, and Amsterdam as a city and the Rye as a venue has been really, really good to us. Um, you know, I think, I think they both contributed to the success of ISE, but we've outgrown it. Um, the venue for us is much too small now. Um, we're starting to push on the boundaries of all the logistics of the venue, of the city, everything else. I mean, the city's improving, the venue's improving, but unfortunately, we're growing at a faster, faster pace than they are. Um, so we went through the process of looking at all different ideas of how can we stay in Amsterdam. And we finally came to the conclusion that uh, despite whatever the riot could do, um, it wasn't going to be enough. And... Um, we looked in the end and said, okay, we need to find a bigger venue. So we put out um, an RFP to um, various venues. First, we did our own internal research to look to see which venues were large enough. So that was the first criteria. Yeah. The second was, is the city large enough in terms of, does it have enough, enough accommodation to satisfy the number of people we're bringing in? And I... Um, a quarter of those people we're bringing in come from the Benelux region. 
Um, and probably half of those will stay in hotels. The other half don't. They come in for a day or um, commute from home. So we're having more than 60,000 people coming from outside of the, the, the Benelux. Um, and they need somewhere to sleep. And February is not a great time to sleep in tents, so we needed enough accommodation. Um, we anticipate that the show will continue to grow. So we had to find a city that not only can manage our existing um, capacity, but also accommodate growth. What we don't want to do is move again in five years' time. Yeah. So the second part of that research was to see um, not only does the venue um, allow us the growth we need, does the city have enough accommodation <coughs> to satisfy the people we're bringing in, in all levels, from five-star hotels down to Airbnb? Um, having whittled down that criteria to find to shortlist the cities, we then look to see, does it have the transportation communication to allow people to get there? So uh, an airport and flight connections that really are enough to bring the people in from the places they're coming from. Um, uh, not only Europe, but North America, Asia, Middle East, etc., etc. Um, and this whittled things down even more. We came down to a you know short list and um, uh, started speaking to those cities. We got offers from those cities. Um, we then looked at the cities to say, you know, Amsterdam was somewhere very special. Um, it has charisma. It has something special that's different to a lot of European cities. And we needed somewhere that uh, where we wouldn't lose that part of the whole part of what ISE is. Um, I mean, when you come away from your from your home city and spend a few days somewhere, it needs to be nice as well because you're not working 24 hours a day. And we know ISE is a great networking opportunities uh, uh, place, and there are a lot of networking opportunities that uh, uh, are available. Um, and and the, these are things being organised by our exhibitors by associations, by other partners, and people who are just attending um, to, to actually use the, the time to meet and do business. So we needed a city that could actually offer that as well. And um, this whittled things down even more so. And then we started to talk to these venues uh, to see what else we can do. At the end of the day, um, Barcelona came out with a very good offer, including um, during the show, um, <laughs> free transportation on the public transport system. That means when you arrive at the show, when you arrive at Barcelona Airport, you can jump on the metro directly to the venue and the city once you've got your badge, and it won't cost you anything. You still have to pay for taxis, but the metro and the buses will be free with your badge. You'll get a ticket uh, for using that transportation. And obviously, it's in our interest to try and make sure that our attendees have a comfortable and easy stay uh, and, you know, if we can decrease the cost of attending as much as possible, that uh, we think is a benefit. So, you know, this was a, quite a major uh, move. Yeah, and I, I'm guessing this was not a one-month process. I'm guessing this was probably took you about a year. It took us a couple of years, actually. Um, couple of years. You know, we went through the first process of uh, actually trying to see how we could remain in Amsterdam. Um, once we'd exhausted all the possibilities, we started parallel... Uh, discussions or uh, research to look at the other venues and other cities. And once we'd shortlisted, we started those discussions about a, a, a year, uh, year and a half out. Um, and then uh, we finalized uh, the discussions uh, with Barcelona last 
April. Mm -hmm. um, April. No, sorry, March, last March. And uh, then we started the whole discussion to, um, to see how we could, um, excuse me one second. I have that happen to me all the time. That's, that's the world of uh, yeah. technology nowadays, right? <laughs> so we started discussions to see, um, you know, how do we present this? Because the biggest concern we had was trying to keep control of costs for our attendees and our exhibitors. Um, and whilst, you know, we control our own pricing, um, the, you know, the external things, and we see that with a big show moving somewhere, once the hotels know it's happening, suddenly it's make, make hay when the sun shines and the prices go boom. Yeah, Vegas is famous for that. I don't know if yeah. you're aware of that, but they're, yeah, they're famous. Absolutely. I've seen what it's like going to Vegas on a, on a weekday when there's no show, when you can get a yeah. five-star hotel for about 60 bucks. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yep. So, um, so we started uh, as part of the whole discussion and uh, before we signed the agreement with Barcelona, we said, okay, you need to control the hotels. So uh, the tourist authority then went in and blocked uh, the hotels for the date, spoke with the associate, hotel associations and said, look, we have the chance to win a very big event into Barcelona, but you need to work with us. And if you can um, uh, lock down prices and agree to this um, and fix them for uh, the next three years or from 21 till 24, we have a chance to win this. And uh, so the hotel said, yes, you know, we will benefit from this. If it's February, we know that uh, business is low at the first half of February. Second half, they have a mobile world congress, but the first yeah. half, they're empty. So, you know, it's a big win for them. Um, we then uh, engaged uh, an agency to go out and negotiate with those hotels and fix the prices. Uh, so that we could come up with a good offer to our exhibitors and our attendees of reasonable hotel prices. Um, so they went through that whole process, and that's why we had to keep everything under wraps. We couldn't let anything go out. Yeah, um, for obvious reasons, because they back up the prices. Yeah, that makes sense. So I know, I know we, we reached out to you amongst uh, many other journalists to actually say, we have an event happening in July, please keep the date free. Um, we're not telling you where you're going. And as you recall, we just gave you a date and said, turn up at your local airport. Yeah. We're waiting for you. And yep. we tried to keep that under wraps for, I think, about two months. And yep. it leaked out one week before. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, we didn't even know where it was. We weren't told. And uh, once we found out where it was, obviously, we were excited because uh, we we've been to Mobile World Congress and think that co that convention center and that that venue is awesome, and also um, and also Barcelona. We're 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 very excited about it. I um I you know, we're talking to Mike Blackman, the managing director of ISC, the Integrated Systems Events. You know them for the ISC show every year. We've been talking about the ISC show. So Mike, I want to ask you one last. Uh, oh, actually, I have two last questions. Uh, first off, um, what is your favorite new product that you've seen in the 16 year, was it 15 or 16 years of the event? Uh, how many years has it been? You started in 2003? 2004 was the very first uh, show. Okay, so that means we've had, what is that, four, four five? Yeah, 17, okay. Of all the things, like, I want you to point to, you don't have to point to a product, or it could be a technology, but what you saw and you were like, this is my favorite thing I've ever seen. What was that thing? 
You know, Gary, one of the things is I'm a tech nerd, you know, I love this show because it's like walking in a candy store for me. Yes. And I see so much that I think, wow. That, you know, for me, ISE is wow. Um, and there've been a lot of things. And then the thing that uh, I always say is almost every year, I see something new. So when I see, you know, the evolution of display technology, you know, we're now gonna be soon looking at 16K. When I look at um, uh, immersive sound, um, yeah. you know, I start looking, when I saw the amount of uh, curved LED, and uh, I mean, the, the, the booths are phenomenal at ISE and how our exhibitors are pre uh, presenting their, uh, their solutions. Um, when I think about 16, 16 years ago, and now the evolution of collaboration, you know, how we're working, look at us, you know, how we're talking yeah. in. Amazing. This yeah. would have been impossible. Was a, we would have both had to spend $15,000 16 years ago to do. And now it's, you know, it's peanuts. Yeah. Um, and it just makes the whole way we live and work together. Um, you know, my team is distributed across Europe. Um, we, you know, we, we are working um, remotely. We have two main offices, Munich and Amsterdam. And then we have uh, about a third of our team working remotely. But we collaborate with each other. We have a weekly video conferencing with the whole team. Um, and when I think of the amount of different locations uh, uh, for an organization of our size, of doing that 16 years ago like this, it would have been so expensive. We would have said, okay, you know, we're, we're doing, we just did conference calls by, with audio. Yeah. Um, but now we're able to share stuff. I mean, there's just so many things that change and uh, bring in. I, I love, it, love it when people ask me, Mike, what do you do? And I tell them, and then they say, well, what is that? And I try to explain what this industry is about. And we you know, the, the AV industry touches everything. Yep. Um, so it's very easy to actually tell people how it relates to them personally. Which, which is ironic, by the way, I will say, because for the first 10 years I was in the industry, I couldn't explain what I did. Like people would look at me like, what the heck are you talking about? And now everyone comes to me and says, have you seen this? Like, yeah, I saw it three years ago. The right. lights went off again. Uh, but I wanna still ask you my second question. Um, one thing that I've noticed that is, and I think a lot of people, and this is a, again, uh, I, another reason why I think a bunch of people from North America should seriously consider going over to ISE, if you want to go to the biggest digital signage show in the world, it's ISE. If you want to go to the biggest collaboration show in the world, it's ISE. Uh, it's not just an AV show. Um, if you want to see more large format LED, you've got more than one hall the, filled up with LED. Your show is um, a bunch of small shows in one and your partners are Avixa, which handles the commercial AV side of the world and collaboration. And then you have Cedia, which is the residential AV side of the world. Um, this has been, has this been an accidental focus to, to be the biggest digital signage show in the world? Did it kind of accidentally happen? Or was this part of a strategy? And you can answer that while I turn the lights on again. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, we do a lot of research. Um, and we actually get a lot of research from both Avixa and Cedia um, telling us what's happening in the marketplace. And my team look at this. We talk to manufacturers. Um, we look to see what's developing and uh, try to help our focus. We're not trying to be everything, uh, all and everything to the world. What we're trying to do is actually say, we have these manufacturers who have different solutions. 
and we have we can bring customers to them who are interested uh, in maybe just one sector or several other sectors. Um, when I look at uh, um, situations like, um, for example, we have a new conference for control rooms, and NEC is coming in to be a sponsor for both the control rooms conference, the, the digital cinema conference, and the digital signage conference. Yeah, um, they're in all those markets, yeah. They're fitting in, but they're different customers. Okay, digital signage and digital cinema, there's an overlap as well in the customer base. Yep. Uh, so that's the reason why we've grown in those areas, because what we're trying to do is say to the people who are coming, hey, you can see what you need to find out about under one roof. Yep. All right. So it's all at ISEurope, I-S-E-U-R-O-P-E dot O-R-G, ISEurope. Uh, Michael, thank you. Again, congratulations, as I said at the beginning, and please pass that on to your team, because I know that it wasn't uh, just a one-person job. Uh, Y'all have done a phenomenal job. I'm excited to yeah, appreciate that. I can tell you that uh, um, this team is really great. They love what they do. Um, it's, it's really good working with people who are really, this isn't just a job for them. They really enjoy what they're doing. They, they race, rise to the challenge and uh, want to deliver uh, and enjoy it while they're doing it. And that, that makes the difference. Well, I, you've done a phenomenal job, and, uh, and, and, and in, a, in a way, you've had an impact on other elements of the industry. Some is obvious, like your creative director went on to Avixa and created Avixa, right? I mean, and in some ways, less obvious, like you become the biggest digital signage show in the world, even though you don't call yourself a digital signage show. So I think that you've done some amazing things there, and uh, congratulations. I want to encourage everyone to go. And Europeans, if you're not going, you must be really busy. But uh, for the rest of the world, you should be going to ISE in addition to your local shows. So obviously, if you're in Australia, you should be going to Integrate. You're in Chinese, you should be going to Infocom China. But, and you're in the U.S., you obviously should be going to Infocom. But you should consider ISE. And, uh, and, and Mike mentioned three reasons, like the conferences, right? Uh, yeah. The education and then, of course, the show itself. So uh, thanks for joining us. Mike, have a great rest of your day. Thank you too, Gary. Enjoy, enjoy meeting you again. And if you want to see what ISE is like, we shot 1,700 videos at last year's show, a video on every new product that came out at last year's show. You can go to raypubs.com slash ISE2019, I should say this year's show, earlier this year. ISE, so go to raypubs.com slash ISE2019 and you can see all those videos. Thanks for watching, everyone. Have a great day.